podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. We are back and England seemingly are back as well today. Time of recording. Big match it was, wasn't it, this morning? I was up there having my coffee, my cereal, ready to watch. What cereal? Uh, just normal cornflakes, a bit boring. No, in there, not having it, not having it. See it in your face. 100% <laughs> Frosties. No, no, it was Cocoa Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously chocolate involved. If I'm having cereal, mate, obviously some chocolate. Mate, just be proud that I didn't have a bacon sandwich. All right? All right. Yeah, I thought you were doing the keto, Dad. No, no, no. No, it's out the windows. That's when I get really fat. I do like, you know, Ricky Hatton-style fluctuation of weight. That addictive personality of yours is just taking control of everything, isn't it? It is. When I start resembling Aaron Finch or a Rohit Sharma, which, by the way, got a lot of mentions this week, um, on our Twitter for their physique, basically. When I start looking like that, that's when I, you know, kick back in again. So there where I was Greggy, this morning. Greggy, elite athletes are the least of your concerns. Yeah, I, when you start looking like Aaron Finch, I think you've got you're, you're on an upward curve. What are we? A minute into the podcast without even play doing any anything, discussing anything. I've not even talked about England's win earlier, and you've already hammered me. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. You're not. You're not sorry. No. <laughs> You're not sorry at all. Anyway, England beat New Zealand earlier. Really good win, that one. Um, you watched it as well. Yeah. And it was, I actually thought, I thought England were kind of third gear. They've got another gear to that, haven't they? Which is good because they're going to need to win every game from here on in if they want to win the World Cup. Absolutely. Office party this morning watching England Romp home against New Zealand. I had my porridge, took it into it. It was beautiful. Porridge, yeah, we're full yeah, English. Strange way to pronounce full English. Porridge and water in the office today. We had a full <laughs> house in the office. No working from home today for anyone, everyone tuning into the game. Really good, I thought. England, really impressive start to finish. There was a few wobbly patches when um, when Phillips got going for the Kiwis mm. with the bat. But you know what? I, th- I, th- I felt like we were always in control. We, always had, we looked like we had a plan, game plan. Not not like we've seen in previous games. We've come out from ball one. David Milan moving down to eight is testament to that. Really, the game plan. One little nitpick. Like I, I say this. I am no expert on cricket. I watch a lot of it. I'm a massive fan. I'm not a pundit. But just my view from the stands is, um, it would have still been nice to turn a couple of those dot balls into twos and threes. There was a lot of going hard for the boundaries, which is all all, all well and good. Like T20 cricket is what you want to do, but. I st- still do think we're missing out on twos and threes. That that island game, the MCG, was crying out for someone to to work threes, threes, work, work ones into twos and twos into threes. And and we've got the best player in the world at that. He's currently sat in Sheffield. Um, it's true, yeah. It is nothing, true. It, it's just a little bit of a gripe from the fans' perspective. But hey, who am I? 
who am I to say? The guys at the ECB have done a fantastic job this year, turning the fortunes around of the Test team, and and hopefully going to win a World Cup. So onwards and upwards. Well, you and I were talking, weren't we, just a bit ago about the fact that England, when they won the World Cup in 2019, were helped by abandoned matches, which was something that actually you had pointed out to you. Um, a, bit, a perfectly valid point. And also, the other thing is, is that England had to win their last five matches um, when when we won the World Cup, obviously culminating that ridiculous game against New Zealand at Lords, But... Um, that's that's something to be taken from. I feel like England do respond a little bit better to to the pressure. You know, when it's like, okay, it's it's do or die. You've got you've got to do it. You've got to get the business done here. I think that's where England are actually really really strong. So, um, looking forward to that Saturday morning. Get your alarm set, Sri Lanka, eight o'clock. SCG, the venue, which is always an absolute cracker. And Sri Lanka, sneaky good little team. They've just they've had some really sort of gritty wins as well, and they'll be well up for knocking England out of the World Cup. And they yeah. themselves, I think, at that stage, I think there's a few things that can go in their favour, which may actually leave them with a bit of a carrot uh, that's dangling for them as well on Saturday morning. So there we go. So Don't get you get Chris Silverwood in charge of Sri Lanka. Points mm-hmm. proved. That is true. That is true. Big yeah. game. Well worth tuning into. Well worth tuning into. But um, you did, if, if anyone caught the Afghanistan-Sri Lanka game, granted you had to be up fairly early if you're in England, but there was definitely um, a gulf in class, I'd say, from the mm. two games. If you watched both the games, it was it was a little bit like watching a championship in a Premier League football game. That's That was my personal thoughts of it. I, I did only see the second half of the first game, but that, that was my takeaway. Look at you, what a badger. Love it, don't you? Don't Love know what's it. What's happened to me? I know. I mean, to be fair, you watch podcast listeners, right? Chris has so much cricket to watch. You're at so much cricket throughout the summer that like it gets to this time of year and I was waxing lyrical a couple of podcasts ago when I said, oh my God, I love this time of year because it's kind of winter and it's miserable outside in the UK. And then actually you kind of flick the telly on and you're transported to some sunny venue. So I actually quite like winter cricket. Um, watching it on the telly but for you you're probably thinking, i've just been at every ground for odi's test t20s the odd county game here and there the women's this that and the other you beat you know you go to everything so you're probably like oh my word i just i just but actually and here you are you t- well yeah i mean you are but like i get it i get it you know like sometimes cricket too much cricket is too much cricket but here you are, you're telling me about the fact you're watching Sri Lanka, Afghanistan. What's going on? You've got to love the game, James. You've got to love the game. It's only like you watching golf. Well, true. Yeah, but I watch golf and cricket, the two most time-consuming sports you can possibly want to watch. That probably yeah. is a testament to your um, relationship form as well, isn't it? Well, the... <laughs> Very good. Yeah, very good. Okay, fair enough. Well, we're going to talk to a bloke who has watched and taken part in quite a lot of cricket himself in in, in just a moment. Don Topley, father of Reese Topley, gutted, gutted that he got injured on the eve of the World Cup, rolled his ankle in training, didn't he? So we're going to hear from Don in a moment. We're also going to hear from Ravi Bopara, who I spoke to a little bit earlier on, literally at the end of the game, he was commentating for the BBC on the radio. And I just grabbed two minutes with him. He's in Brisbane, just got him on a Zoom. And um, sort of gave us his his kind of thoughts on the game and also going forward for England as well. He's quite positive, is Ravi Bapara. By the way, he played in five World Cups in an England shirt, Ravi Bapara. World Cup winner? No, Miss 2010, which I didn't bring up with him in our three-minute conversation, I promise, because like that would have been a bit harsh, wouldn't it? But 
He's um, yeah, he's a top man. He did a podcast, long form podcast with us ages ago. If you scroll back down the feed, you'll be able to hear that one. So that's good. Um, Pakistan just around the corner in terms of a tour. Chris, you're looking forward to going on that uh, to Pakistan. Also, we should just talk about sixes. We talked about it in the last podcast as well. If you're not sure what sixes is, if you don't live near a sixes, um, I suggest that you probably make a trip. Or if you are going to a city that has has a sixes, you go. It's so good. Yeah. It's so much fun, isn't it? Showing every T20 World Cup game as well, Chris. And but there's... also, if you've got the the urge, or if, the, if you're a cricket fan, right, which there are probably going to be everyone listening to this podcast, mm. if you are a cricket fan, there will be someone in your family or your friendship group that always says, oh, I'd love to have a go at that. I've seen it on the TV. It looks a lot of fun. Now, this is the perfect opportunity. I can testify to this because my partner... Uh, has been going on about having a go at cricket for years. And I mean years, because we watch a lot of it, as Greggy alluded to earlier. Now, I can't take you down to the Nets on Saturday morning at my club can I, and start slinging them down to it, albeit probably slower than it comes out of the net sixes. But <laughs> I can't do that. It's just not done, is it, in cricket? So sixes are the perfect venue. You can have a cocktail, set it up on whatever level you want and give it a whack. It is just perfect for that. It is good. Manchester, Birmingham and four venues in London spread all over. There's a couple I've not been to as well in London, which I'm dying to go and have a look at. Chuck on the last podcast, we went to the one new one in Shepherd's Bush, didn't he? He said it was really good. Have a look anyway. Go on their social channels as well. Some really good stuff on there. Sixerscricket.com. Sixerscricket.com is where you head to. Um, we had some great moments sent into us. Uh, so keep those coming in. We'll read a few more of those out. Um next week but i allude actually when we talked to uh you know in fact i just alluded to it earlier on about finch and rohit uh looking particularly out of shape we had a lot of messages on that um the afghani tripping over the boundary of course all the bangladesh and zimbabwe team shaking hands stumps out the ground all having to go back out and bowl one more ball that was quite the spectacle wasn't it i think that got a lot that kind of transcended cricket didn't it all the sports fans were going mad about that on social media so that's good. Keep those coming in. Just tweet us at Barmy Army and we'll read some of those out on next week's podcast. Also, have you seen this? The, the call, it's called The Pack Bean, Mr. Pack Bean, um, which is kind of reignited. Have you seen any of this, Chris? A lot of people were sort of talking about this. I kind of missed this until I was scrolling down some of the tweets into the Barmy Army this this weird story, right? And I'll, we'll, we'll just leave this here before we get into Don Topley and Ravi Mapara. Um, But nothing is quite as strange as this, right? So it's like a cheeky feud between Zimbabwe and Pakistan. And it then has now like gone to a completely different level after Zimbabwe stunned Pakistan, basically, last Thursday. It started a couple of weeks ago uh, a Zimbabwean responded to a tweet from Pakistan's cricket board talking about the fraud pack bean so everyone's like what's this all about this pack bean thing anyway it's basically a Pakistani comedian who looks a bit like Mr Bean <laughs> Rowan Atkinson genuinely does as well if you see a picture of this fellow it's, he a, does. Good, it's a good effort isn't it yeah and this bloke basically tweeted the Pakistan cricket official channel saying as Zimbabweans, we won't forgive you. You gave us that fraud, Mr. Fraud Pack Bean instead of Mr. Bean. We will settle the matter tomorrow. Just pray that the rains will save you. And it's just made it even more hilarious the fact that actually, then Pakistan uh, ended up losing to Zimbabwe 
And now this tweet from this bloke who's got about 200 followers has 40,000 likes on Twitter. So there's quite a lot of people invested in this story. It's very amusing. It goes all the way back to 2016. Pac Bean, Mr. Pac Bean, uh, performed a comedy routine in Harare impersonating uh, Mr. Bean, uh, Rowan Atkinson's version. And uh, it's just, it's all really bizarre and complex, but it does put a smile on your face. If you want to go and check that out and get really, really geeky in the world of cricket Twitter, you can do. So there we go. Right, I'm going to hear from Don Topley. Stick with us on the Shackles Are Off podcast. It's not just because you are Reese Topley's father, Don, that we've got you on the podcast. It's because you've got this remarkable story about you heading out and then basically having to turn around from Australia to head back to the UK. So I don't know this story. Chris and our producer, Chuck, have given me a little heads up, but that's I don't know any more than what I've just said. So start right from the go. What? Just explain your last week or so. It's been quite traumatic, um, being honest. Um, firstly, there was so much pride, family pride, and we were going to watch our son perform in the Cricket World Cup in Australia. And um, we were so looking forward to it, so looking forward to travel as well. But unfortunately, we did get a little inkling that something wasn't quite right. And Reese had allegedly turned his ankle in training. But it, we flew with that in mind. But we arrived in Singapore and we had 24 hours in Singapore and I couldn't quite sleep. So I went down to the hotel foyer in Singapore. Very nice, very plush and in, in the middle of the night and asked one of the uh, bellboys to, could he kindly organize a cup of tea at three o'clock in the morning? So he kindly went off and made a cup of tea and I was waiting in the hotel foyer because obviously I didn't want to wake my other half up. And then there at three o'clock, the international news came on followed by the international sports news in Singapore. And it was then, that uh, I discovered that uh, our son Reese um, was the, the the first bit on the headlines was uh, England seamer out of the World Cup. So and it, and which, it was it was a it big was. story. Yeah, it was a big it, story. It, it, it was serious, and obviously we're in Singapore, mum and dad. And then the good thing about being in Singapore, Perth, is only six hours. If you're going to do Singapore to Melbourne or Sydney, it's another 10, but Perth is only six hours. So that was an easy trip. We arrived at basically midnight and at eight, nine o'clock, we went across to uh, Reese's Hotel, which is near the magnificent stadium in Perth. And we saw him then and it was heartbreaking for all of us. Yeah. I mean, that that is a lot of people won't be able to quite comprehend the kind of up and then the huge down that you've had in such a small space of time there and combine a bit of travel and a bit of jet lag and a bit of tiredness in there as well. And it all kind of sinks in. Plus also the fact that 
it was a big sports story. You know, I work in that industry and I remember that day was kind of the main sports story in the UK, you know, so to see it on the news and find out kind of that way must have really just been a bit of a, a sucker punch for you. Suppose the next question is, is how is Reese? Is he all right? Because I mean, he's look as cricket fans, purely listening to the podcast, etc. people will be gutted gutted that he wasn't there as a player anyway because he'd have been obviously an absolute gun player to have at this world cup but how is he you know how is he and and how are you guys well obviously we as mum and dad are very saddened uh absolutely sort of desperate really but whatever we feel it's going to be 20 times worse for him but He's made of stern stuff. He's been back to the bank of bounce back ability on numerous occasions. And I am sure he will do again. Um, This would have been his third World Cup, T20 World Cup, which is phenomenal at the age of 28. And he could probably do a few more Mm -hmm. in the coming years. But yes, England have missed him. Um, and it was quite interesting that, that I did mention to Joss Butler and Mott and indeed David Saker to say that you might miss him. And I think they have. But it was a fantastic performance by Team England today to beat New Zealand. Um, he probably wasn't missed today because they, they performed so well. You can't say it wouldn't have been missed, Don. Come on. Well, been... listen, I thought they bowled really well at the death and they thought they bowled really well at the front. Um, probably Reese is one of the few bowlers in world cricket that does bowl at the front and at the uh, in the middle and at the death as well. I mean, I think he's grown. His reputation has certainly grown in the last 18 months. Um, and he has performed well for England. Very rarely goes around the park, to be brutally honest, because he has great control in any of those facets of the game. Yeah. Don, as a ex-player, ex-coach, um, you've, you've immersed your life within the game. Now um, you are doing a little bit, little bit of tour repping. People are seeing your face all over the, the world with various companies tour repping. Um, you've seen a lot of cricket. Now, rain-affected cricket is a gripe of mine. Oof. And at World Cup competitions, can you explain to people out there listening why there is not a reserve day? Someone who has been immersed Gosh. in this question. I think we would have to... I, I don't know the honest answer, and it probably will need looking at. But you've got to remember the history of this particular event. I honestly believe, if my memory serves right, that the Australian T20 World Cup was going to be a year earlier. Then we had COVID. But because India were allocated the 2022 World T20 World Cup now, and they've got the 2023-50 over World Cup, I think they juggled them about so that that India didn't have two consecutive world global events in India. I know one was moved because of COVID, but that was done previously as well. So, yeah, I think 
you know, not just the reserve day. Some might suggest why are we playing it this these particular months as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we know the reason why, because there's an awful lot of franchise cricket also happens. The question is to the ICC, does does international global events now go outside of franchise events? And of course, we now know that there's probably going to be about 12 franchise events going on per calendar year that calendar looks incredibly busy but having three world cups in in three years does put a bit of pressure on the calendar you know we've had a t20 world cup in dubai last year now a t20 world cup in australia then the 50 over in india next year Hey, you know, we are fleecing fleecing a few things here, aren't we? Very true. Very true. Very true indeed, Don. What what do you what do you think to England's chances then before we before Good. We... Good. Funny enough, I looked at it the other day and I and I said this before Paul Collingwood's interview. It is simply England have got four games. If they can put together four successive victories, which is possible. They would win the World Cup. And they've done the first bit correctly today. Brilliant. But as you've highlighted, playing T20 in some miserable conditions, um, you know, what else is there to do? Because when you when tours go along and watch a test match or a 50 over, that takes the whole day. A T20 takes three hours, maybe four hours with a bit of a journey and a bit of a, yeah. a, a, a yeah. watching and hearing the national anthems. So you do seem to think that quite a number of the tourists are probably scratching their head what to do when the game lasts three hours and it's miserable during the day. Very good point. Talks well, doesn't he? You think he'd know a thing or two about cricket, Chris? <laughs> um Don, you're back in the UK now, though, are you? I mean, yeah, we that... did. We had a sadly. The the reality is because it was anticipated, Reese might need an operation, and to be honest, if he needed an operation, he would have needed looking after, convalescing here at home in Suffolk. But I'm pleased to report that he hasn't had an operation. He has simply had some injections, some serious injections. And he just needs to really hope and wait for his ankle to heal. Excellent. Excellent. That is good news. That is really good news. We're, we'll see him back in an England shirt soon enough. And um, In India, probably, for the... Yeah, um, I, I would have thought he would be in contention because, again, of his skills. Um, I do think he would have done really well in Australia with the bounce and the pace. You know, he's awkward at six foot eight, but he um, in India he'll do well because he uses his cutters and he rolls his fingers down the side of the ball, the back of the hand. You know, he has those skills which can be useful in India as well. So maybe, just maybe, we might see him. We might see him, hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe in South Africa for the one-day series or indeed South Africa for their domestic uh, new format, which is a new T20 in January. That is his hope and plan. Brilliant. Fingers crossed. Good stuff. Don, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you 
when you, I don't know, maybe having an extended stay um, with the England team at some point watching Reese. So, um, yeah, all, thanks for coming and on and talking. Our best as well from all at the Barmy Army. Thank you very much indeed. So, job done. Ravi Bapara played five World Cups in an England shirt, joins from the stadium in Brisbane. Been commentating, haven't you, Ravi? One down, one to go. Hey, yeah, uh, and and I think the biggest hurdle is out the way uh, against New Zealand. You know, the way England performed today gives me a lot of hope that they can go further in this tournament now. Uh, yes, Sri Lanka do, you know, they do pose a little bit of a threat not big enough to trouble this England side. The way they played today was positive. It was the England side that I, I really wanted to see at the start of the tournament where they'd take it on, they'd take the first six overs on, uh, which they did today. They ended up with 50-odd off the first six overs, which hasn't happened in this tournament. This tournament, everybody's been so reserved with the bat, you know, sort of around 30 off the th- first six, 40 off the first six. No real, no one's really, really taken it on. Uh, and it was good to see England do it today. Proper captain's performance, by the way, from Joss Butler. Yeah, it was an unbelievable knock. I mean, to see it live and, the, you know, it's the power he was hitting the ball with, um, you know, getting himself into good set positions. In the end, the New Zealand bowlers didn't have anywhere to go to him. Um, you know, he was he was just smacking it all over the place. And, uh, I mean, he got lucky with the drop out in the deep. Uh, but from that from that moment onwards, it was, it was brutal. And it was great to see him put uh, the bowlers under pressure. Cheers, Ravi. Before you go, can England do it overall? Yeah, of course they can do it. Um, they've got the they've got the team to do it. They've got the batters to put big runs on the board if they play the way they did today, um, and if they can put 180 on the board most of the time, I, I don't see any reason why they can't defend it. Yes, the, their bowling is uh, the the weakest suit, um, but if you've got 180 on the board, you know it gives you a lot of um, a, a lot of breathing space. Uh, for your bowlers. Ravi, have a good evening in Brisbane. That match versus Sri Lanka is Sydney on Saturday. England will know what they need to do by then. Eight o'clock here in the UK. Get your alarm set. Don Topley there, and we also had a bit of Ravi Bapara mixed in. Treated you to a couple of guests for the price of one, or the price of none there. And of course, me and Chris bring in the chat. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Next week, Chris, um, we're talking about England and who their prospective knockout opponents are in the T20 World Cup. We will. We actually had a debate in the office today whether or not we put on sale a World Cup final party at one of the HQs in London. We were going to do that because that's really Barmy Army, isn't it? It's out there. Let's get that on sale, get it get it filled. And worst case scenario, which isn't going to happen, we have to refund everyone, but that ain't going to happen. So why don't we just throw a party for the World Cup final because we're going to get there and we're going to win it. What do you think? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that, you know. I like that. Okay, maybe more details on that next week then. Let's see if they've actually, you know, if you've gone for it. I love it. I really love that. 
That's, if that's... anyone wants it, get in touch. Get in touch with us on, on social media or get in touch with us via email, info Tell us you want to come to this party and we'll put it on. That's amazing. That is, I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of that conversation as well. I'd love to have been part of that in your office earlier. There we have it. Right, we're back next week. Thanks for listening. Tell all your pals about our podcast as well. It's always a pleasure to hear from you as well. We had some great little suggestions on social media for some funny moments from the World Cup. Hopefully we'll have a few more. It's enough from us. We'll see you next week on the Shackles or off podcast. Network.